Hey, Met fans, happy Tuesday. How are we all doing? Uh, after last night, maybe not as good as we had hoped. Another tough one to lose, a one-run ball game. And one-run games always frustrate me because there's always one or two little things you could have done to win the game that just didn't work out or one or two moves that shouldn't have been made that weren't made. And I think one-run games sometimes are just a matter of fate. It's luck. I'd rather be a team that annihilates teams every day. It's why I'm a big fan of run differential. But you got to win the one-run games too. And we didn't last night. Fortunately, I have the unhappy recap for you. And I guess we ran out of stud pitchers to put out there yesterday. Joey Lucchese. Definitely not at the ground. Stroman, Walker, Peterson. But by far and away exceeded expectations this year for the Metropolitans. Uh, but with very few off days recently, we had to go to Joey Lucchese. Uh, Joey Lucchese's a guy who's always going to be a fifth starter, fourth starter, what have you. And what was he going to do? Go to Zellman, who uh, gives up like 10 hits in five innings every time he pitches. So we kind of need Carrasco coming back. We kind of need Syndergaard coming back. Plug up that number five hole. But unfortunately, we didn't have him last night. And Lucchese... Uh, I kind of disagree with Rojas when you got guys in the bullpen, your fifth starter is not pitching effectively or in chaos. You might have to take them out. I think Rojas kind of left him in the game a little bit too long yesterday. And Casey got hammered in the third inning when he allowed five straight two-out hits. Now, that is sacrilegious when you give up five straight two-out hits. Uh, I think at that point, after two or three, you maybe take them out. You don't want the game to escape you at that point. But it did, and uh, we move on from there. Uh, the big blow against Ocasey was Nolan Arenado, who I just love as a baseball player. Uh, can't get enough of him. And now he's with the Cardinals, a good team. You'll probably be seeing more of him on national TV and what have you. Colorado, he wasn't getting the exposure. Uh, but he is quite the player. And he hit the big three-run homer. Uh it looked like he was almost struck out by Lucchese, but Mark Carlson uh, ruled a foul tip on the swing, and then on the next pitch, gone. Uh, the Mets did have another good offensive performance. So third game away from, uh, third straight game, both of them, all three away from City Field, two in Philly, and one last night in St. Louis. But after early success against Adam, Dane, Adam Wainwright, they were kind of doomed. And uh, Francisco Lindor, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's getting a little worrisome at this point. He extended his hitless streak to 0 for 21. And to be honest with you, he was part of a problem, as in the sixth inning with a tying, go and her, tying and go-ahead runs on base. He was retired for the final out. Uh, Lindor did walk, and Alonzo walked in the ninth one left on base when Alex Reyes retired Dominic Smith for the final out. Just frustrating, frustrating. Uh, but what are you going to do? Uh, Harrison Bader, two-out homer in the second, tied at 2-2. And then Lucchese and Ravel in the third. Uh, Arenado's blast brought in Carlson and Goldschmidt, who had single. And after the homer, Paul DeJong and Tyler O'Neill doubled in succession against Lucchese to put the Mets in a 6-5 hole. And uh, I think after the home run, that's when they should have taken him out. But what are you going to do? 
So Casey's final run included six earned runs on seven hits over two and two-thirds innings with one walk and one strikeout. And the Mets are probably going to have to need a fifth starter uh, Saturday. Uh, just don't have enough arms in the rotation right now to go with four. Well, you, you need more than four arms, so you do have enough for a four-man rotation. But we need a fifth starter, and it's going to be tough. Uh, the pitcher Casey, Gazelman. I'd like to see Reed Foley come in. Uh, four and a third innings, a scoreless relief so far. Give him a shot. You know, he can pitch four or five innings if he's effective and then make it a bullpen game at that point. But we'll see what's happening. Uh, Carrasco's pitching in simulated games. He pitched in one Tuesday. And uh, I think his next step is probably going to be in a minor league game. So he's out of the question. Uh, Brandon Nimmo's still out. With, he was nursing that sore finger. Uh, but Kevin Pillar filled in admirably. He smashed a two-run homer against Wayne Wright in the third. Next in the Mets lead to 5-2. Uh, the rally started with Conforto drawing a walk before Alonzo doubled him in the third. Smith's RBI ground out produced the inning's first run. Now, Alonzo and Pillar combined an inning earlier to lead a two-run charge. So Pillar was uh, in the mix yesterday. After Alonzo double leading off the inning, Pillar single, taking second on the throw home. Jonathan Vilar was intentionally walked to load the bases. Vilar Pilar is not what always confuses Keith. Uh, Wainwright plunked Thomas Nito to force in a run, and Jeff McNeil drew a two-out walk at that point uh, to bring home another. Uh, so, tough one. Mets played well. Good enough to win. Just didn't work out. Like I said, one-run games are tough. It's a crapshoot sometimes. It's one little thing that decides it. Uh, maybe we could have used J.D. Davis's bat in the lineup, but unfortunately, J.D.'s going to be on the DL. Uh, he was made available to pinch hitter play in the field when they placed him on the 10-day DL retroactive Sunday. And uh, the injury is now being uh, called a left-hand sprain. Uh, Davis said he hurt it on a swing Saturday in Philly. And uh, it's tough because he was our hottest hitter so far this year. He's batting 390. Slash line at 390, 479, and 610 with two homers and seven RBIs. Uh, Trevor Hildenberger was recalled from the alternate training site to replace Davis on the roster. Uh, the good news is Edwin Diaz, after that game where he kind of got roughed up and said he had back tightness, said he was feeling better. He said he first experienced tightness with warming up the bullpen, but he didn't really become aware of it until the ninth inning when pitching coach Jerry Hefner uh, visited the mound. Uh, and as far as Nimmo is concerned, uh, he's due to test the finger again in pregame workouts Tuesday, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Paul has been filling in for him in center field the last two games. And uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, he was, I guess, testing out the right hamstring because he was moved early in his last start because of tightness in the hamstring. Uh, he's still scheduled to go Wednesday against the Cardinals. See, we'll, we'll see who that, how that happens. And, uh, Congrats to Jacob DeGrom, National League Pitcher of the Month for April after going 2-for-2 two two with a .51 ERA, 59 strikeouts, and four walks over five starts. Uh, note, DeGrom's strikeout total tied Nolan Ryan, who did in 1978 for the most by a pitcher over his first five starts to a season. So congrats to the DeGrominator. Job well done. Now, we talk about J.D. Davis being on a 10-day disabled list. Well, the Mets kind of put Chili Davis on the permanent disabled list. He got axed as the uh, hitting coach. Um, 
I'm always a little confused as to why hitting coaches catch the brunt. I mean, it's only 20-something games into the season, but I guess uh, Zach Scott, general manager, was trying to make some type of statement. I hope this isn't turned into a Steinberger era type of thing where you just got to make someone the victim because uh, Joey had high grades before this year, so a slow start and you lose your job. I kind of question that. We'll see what transpires. Uh, his assistant coach, uh, Tom Slater, was also fired. Uh, Hugh Quattlebaum was named the new hitting coach with Kevin Howard as his assistant. Like I said, Davis was pretty well respected. Uh, Zach Scott said the process and preparation was the reason for the changes. Um, and it sounds like it's a little bit of a... What's the word I'm looking for? Sugarcoating it. <laughs> I just don't get it. I'll never get why coaches, either you pick them for a reason at the beginning of the year, you might as well stick with them, stick with them for the rest of the year. But So I already see Joey go. From what I hear, he was well-liked by the players. So we'll see what transpires there. And Francisco Lindor, uh, a lot of people analyzing him, what he's doing there. Basically, they're saying the problem is he's not getting the barrel on the ball. He's hitting the ball, but just isn't hitting it the way he used to. So uh, and they kind of think that maybe his body's out of position. Uh, he, he's pulling the ball way too early, and those go foul, a well-hit foul. So uh, maybe it's just the way he's swinging the bat. You know, his body's just not in sync. Uh, but they need to work that out as soon as possible. Hopefully they can work it out today. We got a big one today, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he was given the extra day of rest as the Mets are playing it safe with him. They don't want to overtax him this early in the season. Uh, and the last time they did give him that extra day of rest, DeGrom responded one of the finest starts of his career when he struck out those 15 batters and the two hitters. So maybe there's something in the tank for tonight, another special night for Jacob. We shall see. On the mound for the Cardinals tonight, Johan Oviedo. And uh, he's getting his call from the Miners for his second start of the season. Um, he tossed five innings of three-run ball his last time out. Uh, he is the club's number nine prospect, so they do have high hopes for him. So it should be a good one. It's going to be on uh, SNY as always. And the game time is 7.45. So tune in, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. When we come back, back with the usual fun Mets stuff. Okay, Met fans, welcome back to the part of the broadcast you guys tell me so much about how much y'all love it. I think you love the Jeopardy, the trivia, this date in Met history, the whole ball of wax. And as always, we're going to start off with our Met Jeopardy and our trivia question of the day. Who's ready, folks? Okay. Today's Mets Jeopardy. Ready? This Met got his first win against the Braves, holding Atlanta scoreless through both the 5th and 6th innings. That's clue number one. Clue number two. After the Mets clinched the National East Division title, he made his first Major League start on October 1st against the Philadelphia Phillies at Citizens Bank Park, throwing five innings. Who's got it? Who's got it? Okay, now we're going to our Met Trivia Question of the Day. 
ready? The trivia question today is, who is the all-time leader in stolen bases for the New York Mets? Once again, the trivia question is, who is the all-time leader in stolen bases for the New York Mets? And we'll be back, as always, at the end of the broadcast with the correct answers for you. Hopefully you got them. And we shall see. We shall see. Now, today in Met history, we are celebrating the birth of four former Mets. The first one is Ken Obrickfell. Who remembers Kenny? Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Now, why is he a former Met? I don't remember him as playing for the Cardinals and Braves and a few others at the end of his career. Why is he considered a Met? Well, I'll tell you. He was the Mets' first base coach in 2008, our last year in Shea Stadium. And then he was a bench coach for the Mets in 2011. So happy birthday to Ken Obrickfell. Obi. Ken Obrickfell celebrating a birthday. Also celebrating a birthday today, Manny Ibar. Number 36 in your roster and scorecard. He was with us in 2005. We signed him as a free agent in 2004 in the offseason. And uh, he pitched 22 games, 25 innings pitched, pretty nondescript ERA of 6.04. And then he was granted free agency right after the season in 2005. Another Met celebrating a birthday today, Miguel Cairo, number three. Uh, he saw a lot of time with it. He played one year with the Mets. We signed him as a free agent in January of 2005. Uh, played 100 games, 327 at-bats, 251 batting average. Uh, mostly played second base. Majority of his games were second base, 82 games at second base. And then at the end of the year, he was granted, or he actually signed with the Yankees as a free agent. He played out his option and left us to go cross town to the Bronx. Also celebrating a birthday today, Robinson Cancel. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Robinson Cancel. Who remembers Robinson. Mrs. Robinson, cool, 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 choo, where are you? Uh, Robinson Cancel wore number four, number 40, and number 29. So in just two years' time, three years' time, he wore three different numbers with the Mets. Uh, we got him as a free agent on January 2000. Then uh, he was granted free agency on 2009. Uh, 2008, he played 27 games, 49 at-bats, batted 245. 2009, he was just up for one game and got one hit. But happy birthday, Robinson. And also on this date, the Mets claimed the Ronald Blue Jays lost Pete Walker as the Blue Jays claimed uh, him off of waivers. So who remembers Pete Walker, number 49 and 43 on your roster? Yes, he was a pitcher. Uh, he was selected by the Mets in the seventh round of the free agent draft in June 1990. Uh, and then the Mets traded him to uh, San Diego for Louis Arroyo, with Louis Arroyo for Robert Pentagene and Scott Adair. And then he came back in 2001 when he was signed by the Mets as a free agent in the offseason. Uh, there you go. Scott Walker, claimed by the uh, Blue Jays this day in 2002. Then in 2015, the Mets purchased a Logan Verrett from the Texas Rangers. And how did Logan do, you say? Well, in 2015, <clears throat> he pitched 14 games, 38 innings. <clears throat> Actually, was always an emergency starter. He did okay. Pitched four starts. 
that had an ERA of 3.03. Then 2016 came back, started 12 games for us that year. ERA was a little bit higher, 5.20. And then uh, the Mets ended up selling him in the offseason to the Baltimore Orioles in 2016. Now, as we always do on this podcast, and you guys are loving it, Oh, by the way, if you ever need to reach me, you can contact me at P-H-I-L-L, P-H-I-L, not two L's, P-H-I-L-S-T-A-N-4-1 at gmail.com with any comments or suggestions. Always welcome to hear them. And please subscribe to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. And the feedback I'm getting for you guys is really, really good. And I appreciate it. Uh, and if you're not a member of our group, uh, New York Mets Baseball Way of Life, please do sign up. Uh, a lot of good people on there, a lot of good stuff, as Chuck Barris used to say, every day on a daily basis. But going back today, May 4th, 1991, as we go to our time machine. Now, why are we going to City Field? I mean, City Field. You go to City Field in 1991. Good luck with that, Stan. We're going to Shea Stadium in 1991. Now, we all know 1991 was a disappointing year for the Mets. They finished up in fifth place, but uh, one of the few team highlights throughout the year was Hojo. Hojo was the man in 91, and uh, he slugged his way to be the only man in history to ever lead the league in homers and RBI. So he was our highlight film in 91. He would come in fifth in the league's MVP voting and make his second all-star team, and best home run to at-bat ratio in National League, hitting a home run every 14.8 at-bats. Uh, and believe it or not, this season, things were still looking okay for the Mets. Uh, Buddy Harrelson was the manager, and they were 14-9, just one game behind the Pittsburgh Pirates. And a good crowd came out to see the Mets take on the Giants, 38,413 strong. And Ronnie Darling went up against John Burkett. Here's the Met lineup for that day. Leading off, playing center field, Vince Coleman, uh, playing second, Tom Herr, uh, batting second, Dave Madigan, playing first, batting third. Uh, Hubie Brooks, playing right field, batting cleanup. Howard Johnson, batting fifth, playing third base. Ken McReynolds out in left field, batting sixth. Uh, Kevin Elster, shortstop, batting seventh. Charlie O'Brien, catcher, batting eighth. And Ron Darling on the mound. Now in the first inning, former Met and former NL MVP. Who remembers that Kevin Mitchell after he left us was an MVP? He would bring in the first run in the game with an RBI single. Then the third, Will Clark singled off Darling, making it 2 nothing. But in the fourth, the Mets tied it up as Dave Magadan, the hit machine, Keith Hernandez Jr., and Hubie Brooks both reached with hits. Then the Mets slugger Howard Johnson singled, and Kevin Elster hit a sack fly, and now we were tied up at 2. But then Will Clark, he was really one of the big men in baseball back then. He had a two-run homer off of Darling, putting the Giants up 4-2. to two. Now the game would stay that way until the bottom of the ninth inning. Bud Harrelson sent up Mackie Sasser. Remember how he used to slash the ball to pinch it? And he connected off reliever Jeff Brantley with a home run to right field. Next, Mark Carrion came in to pinch it. And he connected off Brantley for a home run, tying the game up at 4-4. How about that? Two pinch hitters in a row hitting home runs. Now, this was the first time in Met history that two pinch hitters had hit back-to-back homers. It was the first time in 16 years that NL team had two players hit back-to-back, pinch hit home runs. So a rare occurrence indeed, and when the Shea Stadium faithful was treated to it. Now the Mets bullpen did a fine job. Johnny Franco, go Johnny, go, would hold the Giants scoreless for the next two innings. And Pete Shurek, remember Petey? 
he held down the Giants in the top of the 12th. Now with the Giants' Michael Koss on the mound, Hojo then blasted the walk-off game-winning homer. Johnson would have the biggest year of his career that year. Uh, like I said, he led the league in homers and RBIs, 38 homers, 117 RBIs, 34 doubles, and batted 259. The Mets used five pitchers in the game, and the Giants used three. So big, big win. Mets were still playing well in 91, and what a way to go with those two pinch homers and Hojo win the game with a walk-off in extra innings. Fun days indeed. So that is our Met game of the day, going back to 1991. And now, I hope you wrote down your answers and locked them in, we're going to reveal what the answers were to today's Mets baseball jeopardy first. First, I'll repeat the clues. On June 14, 2015, got his first win against the Braves, holding Atlanta scoreless through both the fifth and sixth innings. Then after the Mets and after the Mets clinched the National East Division, he made his first major league start on October 1st against the Philadelphia Phillies at CBP Citizens Bank Park, throwing five innings. Alright, got your answers locked in? Yes indeed. The answer is, who is Sean Gilmartin? Congrats if you got that one right. And then today's Met trivia question was, who is the all-time leader for the Mets in stolen bases? See, a lot of you got this one right. Making Daddy proud. The all-time leader in Mets stolen bases is none other than Jose Can You See Reyes with 408. So congrats, folks, if you got them both right. Job well done. Tune in tomorrow for some more Jeopardy and Met trivia. And tune in tomorrow as we recap the big game. It's the domination night tonight. Should be fun. We'll talk all about tomorrow. Have our usual Met fun stuff. And again, thanks so much for listening. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe. We do one every day and you'll get a notification when the next one is up. Enjoy the game, enjoy Jacob, enjoy his greatness tonight, and we'll talk tomorrow.